Johnny Cage, Kenobu, Kang, Raiden, Scorpion, Sonya Blade, Sub-Zero, Goro, Shang, Zora, Tabaraka, J-Jack, Kintaro, Kitana, Kung Lao, Merlini, Nanook, Sebat, Stout, Shao Kahn, Fung, Chameleon, Cyrax, Earth, Mechabo, Motaro, Nightwolf, Insector, Sheep, The Sindel, Striker, Fu, Jin, Quan, Shi, Shin, Oxo, Rina, Jerick, Kaimi, Reiko, Tanya, Tremor, Blade, Go, Ryan, Welcome to Mortal Podcast. I'm your host, Ben Meckler, and this is the show where I walk my friends through the entirety of Mortal Kombat lore from the perspective of a single character. We're back, baby, and working remote as we stay home, hashtag stay home. And today we've got a very special guest, someone who had to walk me through how to do this because uh, I don't understand technology, host of the Star Wars show, host of the Star Wars show host of the We Have Concerns podcast, uh, and general raconteur and man about town, Anthony Carboni. Uh, you know, before you, uh, before you self-deprecate, we will have no idea whether my audio levels are good and clean until this That's is true. all over. Because I realized that I did not check beforehand. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, so who knows, who, knows, who knows who is able to do what or who has sure. what knowledge, Ben? I mean, worst case scenario, that's going to be like a great punchline. If you're like, <laughs> just in off of. Don't worry, yeah. it was really, I was glad to help. <laughs> <laughs> There's nothing that upsets me more than when I tune into a podcast I'm really psyched about. And it's clearly like someone recording on their computer's microphone. And then that audio being recorded with a microphone pointed at someone else's computer's speakers. Ooh. It's torture. Baby, that's that's the year of our Lord 2020. Baby, that's content. <laughs> that's content right now, baby. That's content in the age of the coronavirus. Yeah. And uh, I feel like a thousand, yeah. a hundred thousand podcasts just were born. We're born of this virus. It does feel like, if nothing else, it's it's making us all be nicer to each other about sound quality because there are there has to be dozens of podcasts made by uh, well-meaning people that we like right now that are definitely like just a phone conversation recorded. Yeah, and it's like, look, do your thing, buddy. Stay sane. Keep your mind keep your mind working. Whatever yeah. you got to do, I I'm there for you, and I'll listen to at least one episode. Yeah, and, or, and probably exactly one. <laughs> At least, or at most, one episode. <laughs> yeah. Definitely one. De- definitely a single episode. Certainly. Uh, so, you know, Anthony, have you, have you been dealing with the, uh, with, the, with the lockdown? You know, you're at home, you're playing a lot of video games. You said a minute ago you're playing Animal Crossing. Gotta play Animal Crossing. I feel like Animal Crossing is exactly the, like, the Zen Garden slash desk toy that we all needed right now. It came just, at the exact right moment, like almost at a, at a suspicious level where one has to wonder whether or not Nintendo intentionally released the coronavirus. I'm not saying, I'm just saying there are crazier theories out there. Like there's something that I saw about like 5G signals controlling bats to like spread this thing. Mm-hmm. And and you know what? 
Nintendo creating the virus in a lab is actually a way more sane theory, so fine. Yeah, yeah apparently people have been burning down cell towers in England because they believe that 5G signal uh, gives you coronavirus. Look, let's put aside the fact that this virus is spread the quickest in places that don't have a 5G signal. Let's not let's <laughs> not look at that. What we what we need to look at right now is whether this Google is Fiber like, is doing it. Whether Google Fiber is doing yeah. it. Internet on balloons? Sure. What are the balloons full of Google? Um <laughs> No, I think I think all of this stuff that we're seeing, like whether it's the creation of podcasts or the burning down of cell towers, so much of it is just like everybody is finding out what their brain is like when they're stuck in a box, right? right. It's like the classic sci-fi story of the astronaut that's like put in the isolation chamber to see how well he does. <laughs> it was like literally the first episode of The Twilight Zone, right? Yeah. Oh, and yeah. like... And we all think to ourselves, like, oh, I could do it. Like, if I if they needed to launch me to Mars and I needed to, like, hang out for a month and, like, not talk to anybody, I could do it. I'd do push-ups and I'd read a book and, like, whatever. And these same people are, like, eight days in to staying at home. <laughs> and they're just like, uh, I ate every piece of junk food in the house and I'm scribbling on my walls and I'm yelling at my mother over FaceTime. Yeah, everyone's meeting themselves for the first time. Yeah, it's been really wild. I think I've been yeah. handling it pretty well, though. It's been a lot of, like like you said, it's been a lot of Animal Crossing. It's been a lot of video sure. games. It's been a lot of a lot of FaceTiming with friends and stuff like that. How are you doing? How are, how are y'all holding up? We're holding up. Uh, you know, it's a weird time to be pregnant. <laughs> sure. Justin, we're like, wow, what kind of world is uh, the baby going to be born into? Guess we'll find out. Um but uh, I've been going, I, I've actually been playing less video games and have gone all the way back into board games. Nice. I've become a board game guy. So I've been playing, uh, well, I panic bought like seven of them all at once. Love it. Right when, right when the lockdown happened. I had like, I feel like I had the reverse arc that everyone else has gone through. The first week I had a panic attack and vomited for the first time that's ever happened to me in my life. Like within oh, like three days of lockdown that happened. And then I was like having a really hard time for like three days. And then like a week in, I turned a corner and I've been fine. <laughs> I don't know what. It was why. sort of the same for me too. Yeah. yeah. Like I, I, I initially was like worried by the, I mean, I think it's just, I think I just have like a natural, a natural level of anxiety. No, I said natural level. And what I meant to say was heightened level. Yeah. A Hollywood level of anxiety. Of anxiety about the future. Right. <laughs> Yeah, like sure. we're we're very programmed because you know what you do. I mean, you're you're on a staff right now, but like what you do is essentially freelance. And then sometimes you're in a you're on staff on a show, and then sometimes you're just not, and yep. you're freelance again. Yeah. And uh, I think freelance kind of trains us all to be cool with the present, but like mildly concerned about the future at all times. Yeah. Even when you're like ostensibly safe for a good stretch of time, your focus is not on how safe you are. It's on how much danger you're going to be in when it's over. Yeah. Is this safety making me soft for the inevitable end of the safety? Yeah. Is I'm becoming we... a jelly boy when I need to be a rock. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so I get that. For the first week, I was like, what's going to happen? What's going to happen? And now I think all of that has calmed down. But I love that because um, the panic buying of board games, because I feel like the two things that became uh, just sold out everywhere instantly at once were like all bleach-based cleaning products Yes. And board games and puzzles. Just gone. Yeah. yeah. We got a great puzzle. It was a thousand pieces, so we really exhausted ourselves. We're like, fuck puzzles, fuck this puzzle. Don't want to see it again. Don't want to do one again. 
And I, I was, was like, well, you know what? <laughs> I was watching everybody buying and putting together puzzles during my panic week. And I'm yeah. just watching everybody doing puzzles. I was like, do I need a puzzle? Maybe I need to get a puzzle. Why does everybody have Dad puzzles but this. me? I could fix this with a puzzle. It's yeah. like the thing where you're writing and you're like, if I just got a mechanical keyboard, I'd be done with this draft. Oh, like, yeah, yeah. Um, so I was like, I, I have just... a mechanical keyboard I've used three times in my garage. Oh, sure. I got one right yeah. behind me. I'm not using <laughs> it. But it's like one of those things where after I calmed down for a half hour, I was like, I hate puzzles. Yeah. I don't find puzzles fun or interesting at all. Why do I? No. Is it just that everybody else, everybody else who's making a puzzle seems calm right now? Mm-hmm. I don't want the puzzle. I just want the calm. How do I get there? And then I the think I just got puzzle to me drunk. is like the coloring book thing. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> adult coloring books yeah 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 i started doing it and i was like well i'm not one of the people who finds peace in this at all no <laughs> it's not me i feel like i'm talking down to myself doing this yeah <laughs> <laughs> so it was it was on to uh complex board games that i am uh just progressively dragging kirby through yeah i was gonna um, say is she's... the wife into them or no uh, you know, we've always like had board games around that we've played, but it's definitely like I've picked seven board games that I knew I would like and hoped she would like. And gotcha. so far she's liked all of them, but there's definitely like, I got one really, really, really complicated one called Root. Okay. Um, that's maybe the best board game I've, I've like seen. I've only played it once and it's, you kind of have to play it like 10 times to see the different configurations you can play it in, but there were so many rules, and I was talking about it for so many days without actually playing it that I could wa- I could literally watch her being like, "Holy shit! How do I, how do we get to this not being a thing anymore?" She's and like, I no. saw, it and I still couldn't help myself from just like every night being like, "You know, it's interesting that root game. I know we haven't played it yet, but when we do play it, oh my I feel God. like you're gonna want to play as the vagabond." And like I'm just <laughs> watching. <laughs> You've just got full cones of Dunshire on her. Oh, 100%. I like, uh, yeah, I see every meme with, uh, what was his name in Parks and Rec? Uh, ben Wyatt. Yeah, every Ben Wyatt meme I've seen, I'm like, oh no, that's who I become in the quarantine. It oh is no. I. It is <laughs> Could I, a depressed person make this? Yeah. <laughs> I, I got on Kickstarter. I have, a t- I have a whole closet full of board games, and my thing is like, I never have game nights. And I try, oh, like yeah. every once in a while, I'll try to rally and make like game night a regular thing and have friends over. And like the last time I tried it was literally two weeks before the quarantine. And so we had oh, two well. game nights and they were great. But, you know, it takes three of anything to make it stick. Mm-hmm. You know, it we does. needed to have three Thursdays in a row of game the night. Quarantine was like, no, dude. Quarantine was like, no, you can't. Listen, 2020 says you can't have nice things. But you I have. You simply can't. You simply cannot but I have like a whole closet full of very complicated board games that I just want to play. And I've realized that like my social circle is not interested in incredibly complicated board games. Mildly I think I'm, we can do. I'm your guy once yeah? this ends because now all I want to do is play complicated board games. And I definitely don't know anyone who wants to, what's like your white whale. Like what's the game you want to play. That's like the hardest to get people interested in playing. I have two in my closet right now. One is like Terra Mystica, which is like, it, oh, it's yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah You're like, yeah. yeah. You're well, like, I've been I've going hard the- on the board game geek forums and like their top 100 lists. And stuff. I'm like, oh, Dude. yeah. Uh, Terra Mystica, yeah. That's you a big got, one. You literally have to get like six people together that already know how to play Terra Mystica yeah. for eight hours to play a single game of Terra Mystica. Oh, yeah. It's like it- the Twilight Imperium of uh, Agricola's. I totally uh, understand. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> 
the second one that I have is I got on Kickstarter the uh, the Dark Souls board game. Oh shit! Yeah. So and it's that's intimidating. It's so intimidating. It came. I I'll show them to you after this is over. But it came not just in one box. It came in seven boxes. No, what? It came really? in seven boxes. How long did it take to play this game? I still haven't played it. I watched the tutorial video for it. The quick. How long tut- is the tutorial video? That's how you like know. The quick tutorial, he said yeah. with Peter Cottontail fingers, is <laughs> um, 90, 97 minutes. No, what? Oh my god! I yeah. spent like days training to learn how to play Root, and their tutorial video I thought was insane because it was twenty eight minutes long. The full one, like the full in depth one, like seven minutes. If you really want to know, is three hours and thirty five minutes. And did you watch all of it? It is the Dark Souls of board games. <laughs> <laughs> Clearly, wait did you did you watch the whole three and a half hour? I watched the no. I watched the ninety the ninety seven minute one. Okay, and then. Uh, I put on like the three and a half hour one in the background one day while I was doing other stuff around the house. And all it yeah. did was just like, I feel like I understand what Kirby is going through because the game is just being explained at me and it feels like sure. an attack. You know yeah. what I mean? Uh, it's it's like, probably some dude with like a ponytail and glasses and really long sideburns, but no beard or mustache who's <laughs> in his living room and the background's blown out. <laughs> Yeah, that's most of the ones I've seen on YouTube. <laughs> it's a it's a lot, man. And the thing that makes me go like, oh, one day I'll play this is uh, there is a single player way to play the Dark Souls oh, board game. Yeah, I've talked myself into thinking I'll ever do that too for a few games. But it's like the moment I'm setting up like the single player Dark Souls board game and like getting all the characters and setting up the levels and like building it out because it comes with like dungeon tiles that you can arrange to like make infinite combinations. And by the time I do that, I'm like. Yo, I own Dark Souls, the video game, on multiple platforms. <laughs> I could here's, just play Dark Souls right now. You could. Here's here's my here's my advice for that, because this is what I did to finally actually play Root. I I set it up over a couple of days on the dining room table where we play board games. And then by like the third day where it was fully set up, like literally you could sit down and start playing it. I was just so sick of it being there that the only way out was to play it. <laughs> and we had a great time. <laughs> uh. um, yeah, uh, but um, I know exactly what you're talking about. I really want to get um, Spirit Island, which okay. I hear is a great game to play by yourself, but I hear is uh, it just takes forever to set up and is uh, really complicated. So I feel like I just need like a break. I need to play like a few games that you can literally sit down and learn and play in less than an hour. Yeah. To just like get back to being ready for like having to train to play something. I just, I have such a mental block with the single player board game. Yeah. I just, by it, the, it doesn't it, feel good. No, like <laughs> it doesn't feel good. Like once you're setting up the single player board game, I think it's time to like play video games. That's been my big mental block with like getting sure. Dark Souls going. I really just want to play. I think of them as just board games as inherently social. They are. And uh, video games as inherently uh, uh, singular, even though like so many people, like half my friends are just playing things like Fortnite and Destiny and all that stuff. I just don't care about that stuff. Like if I'm playing video games. I'm right there with you. I just want to be alone, man. I want to be alone with a cool video game. Even Animal Crossing. I'm like, don't come to my village. Uh, I don't really want to go to yours. (laughs) 
I get. I, get I just don't little... know what to do when I'm there. I just want the progression. I don't want like the yeah. I think you know using each other's when you use each other's villages for the progression in Animal Crossing, like okay, you have, yeah, you, you have a different fruit than me. Your store has different stuff than me. Then you understand like the socialness of it, and then it's it's kind of fun to just like grief each other as much as Nintendo will allow. Like in terms of yes. just Steve Zaragoza and I just chase people around with ocarinas and won't oh, leave yeah. them alone. Yeah, no, I did that on Steve's Island. Yeah, just real dumb, <laughs> just dumb stuff yeah. like swinging at people with axes and stuff, even mm-hmm. though it doesn't do anything. I don't know. Animal Crossing is really. This is like, the right time for that. It's I guess. the right time. It's a godsend. It really is. For goofing around. Yeah. <laughs> Great time for goofs. It's it's a good time for goofs uh, and a bad time to face whether or not you're the kind of person who plays single player board games. Mm-hmm. Um, that said. <laughs> I guess we should probably dive into uh, the subject of the podcast, you know, which is Mortal Kombat. Um, but before we talk about the, the character that we're talking about today, uh, there's a prompt that uh, I ask people at the beginning of every episode uh, based on a theme for each of the seasons. So this is season three of Mortal Podcast, and uh, it's the season where we're covering all the characters that were introduced in Mortal Kombat 3. And so I, I looked at them and I thought to myself, like, is there a theme here that kind of ties these characters together? Uh, and the answer is yes. It's a theme of reinvention. And so uh, I ask you, Anthony, is there a time in your life when you have reinvented yourself? Yeah, absolutely. I think it was when um, I think it was when I lived in New York for for like ten years, like right mm. out of like right out of school. I, I moved to New York to become to become an actor, and you know lived there for 10 years grinding going to commercial auditions theater auditions all that stuff yeah were Um, you hoping to be on broadway uh i was never hoping to be on broadway i think i i think i had a thing in my head i had that east coast thing in my head of don't go to la la sucks even Uh, though even though i had no i had no actual data for that we're both from florida but i had like kind of the opposite thing really (laughs) yeah and my family's from new york too but i was just like I've been in New York and it's really fun, but I don't think I could like live there. LA oh, seems man. cool, but I also didn't go to LA until I was already in film school. Right. So, so I, I didn't really know anything about it. Yeah. I just thought New York was just inherently the coolest, the coolest place in the world. Uh, and it's lovely. And I still do love New York. I don't know. I don't know that I would ever live there again, but you know, like after 10 years of, of living in New York, you know, along the way I started doing like hosting gigs and, and things like that. And I was like, Oh, this is fun. Like I enjoy doing this. Um, and then I got a call out of nowhere, uh, for, uh, for a company called revision three, which is gone now, but it was like founded by like Kevin. Yeah. Founded by like Kevin Rose and like a bunch of other people from like the G four days and, uh, kids ask your parents what that's all about. And, um, (laughs) but it was like one of the first big internet video companies and they were like, Hey, do you want to move to San Francisco and, you know, produce and host shows for the internet? And I just said, before I even thought, I just said, yes, I've never, yep. I'd never been to San Francisco. I had never even visited San Francisco. I didn't know anybody there. I was just so tired of New York and so tired of my life. I'd been through a bad breakup and I like, I was doing the thing where I was still that, that like that industry thing of like still working like three jobs at three different restaurants, doing three different things. And then like going oh, to auditions and I was just like, this has got to stop. And so the moment they said, do you want to move to San Francisco? I was just like, yes, absolutely. Uh, And I totally did and like threw my entire life into that. 
and it was a complete change of pace. I was terrified of the West Coast. I'd never been to San Francisco. I didn't know anybody there. I had had never... you been to the West Coast at all at that point? I uh, I had. I, I, I'd been to like, I'd been to LA a couple times for work and just in my childhood, uh, but I had never been to SF. I think I had maybe been to, I had maybe been to Seattle at that point or Portland, mm. but maybe not. I was not a very well-traveled person either for a very long time. Um but I just, I just moved, I moved to San Francisco and became a host and producer at this thing and just started a whole, just started like literally a whole new life there. And it was lovely. It was absolutely lovely. And I've never looked back. I think, I think moments of reinvention and I think taking big swings and big jumps every once in a while are like, is like the best thing you can do. Yeah. I think it's vital. Yeah. That's why when you one day in the night, Leave your wife and dog and new baby and don't tell anybody where you're going. <laughs> when you get on a train like a hobo yeah. with a bindle, I mm-hmm. want you to know that I have your back. Thank you, man. I appreciate that. When you My finally... bindle that's just full of like giant board games that weighs like 80 pounds. Yeah. She listen, I'm gonna I'm gonna get I'm gonna I ride the dark rails in here. <laughs> I'm gonna ride the rails until I find somebody to play Terra Mystica with. Yeah. I have seven board games and a single bean that I'll cut into small slices with sure. other hobos. As I challenge vagrants to play <laughs> me in Terra Mystica. All right, so I'm going to try to explain the rules before we get to our next stop. The oh. rules of Terra Mystica? Yeah. Yeah, yeah I'm ready. <laughs> great, great. Uh, that's a great reinvention story. It's, it's nice when you... Uh, you you already are able to fill in the rest of the blanks because clearly we know that it worked out for for reinvented Anthony. Yeah, <laughs> things went move. well. Things went well. Yeah. yeah. When did you move to LA from San Francisco? How long have you been here? Uh, I just got the uh, like the Facebook time hop th- reminder thing that I've been here for. Oh yeah, six years. Wow. And how long were you in San Francisco for? Four years. Oh wow! Okay, yeah. so you, you've had you've had like a nice chunk of time to like really live in these places. I think that's pretty cool. Yeah, four years I think was long enough to know that I did not want to be in San Francisco. <laughs> yeah, I've only gone once and I really enjoyed it. But it was another place where I was like, "Oh, this is super fun! Like, I'd like to come back here a couple of times." But I don't think this is like for me. I'm I, really uh, lucky. I feel like that LA wound up being my vibe because. I, you know, I was in Florida. I went to school in Florida, and then I was like, "I'm going to visit LA because that's where I'm going to live when this is over." Yeah. And then, uh, thankfully, it worked out. <laughs> thankfully, I like it here. I honestly like. I'm, I, I'm not like I don't beat myself up over it, and I'm not super bummed over it or anything. But I do wish that I had like given LA a chance much earlier because I think mm-hmm. unlike unlike a city like San Francisco or New York, where you where you visit there and you immediately want to live there, and then when you live there, you're like, "Oh, this is." much different than it seems when you visit. Um, L.A., I think, can be a garbage, horrible place to visit. Um, yeah, it's the worst of the like major American cities to visit, I think, because it's just impossible. Like All the stuff awful. that's touristy is bad, and then all the things about living here are phenomenal, but it's really hard to convey that to like a tourist. Yeah, and if you, if you have a friend, if you're visiting here and you have three friends that live here, you're not going to see any of them because you're an hour away from all of them. You know, yeah. like that sort of thing. It's it's a horrible place to visit. And I only ever came for like work trips. Uh, but then when I started living here, I was like, I don't know why I was so resistant to this. Because it's yeah. great. Yeah, when I moved here, I immediately uh, kind of like made it a mission to go to... I had like a list of places I wanted to go already just to like see them. 
like the new Beverly and, uh, and LACMA and, um, places that maybe mean nothing to people that are listening that have not been to LA or don't know LA, yeah. but, uh, I did a big blade I, runner tour. Oh, hell yeah. I did Dude, a, that one building downtown. The Bradbury. The, yeah. Yep. That building's amazing. Went to the Bradbury. The second street tunnel was in blade runner. Oh, right. uh, yeah, there's a house here in Los Feliz, the the Browning house that's that was in Blade Runner. So I mm-hmm. I went and did the full Blade Runner tour. <laughs> I'll say just before the the Quar hit, so I haven't gotten to go yet. Um, I found out that the house from House Two, the second story, which is one of my favorite movies in the world, what? is in Pasadena. Yeah. What? Yes. <laughs> Yo, we gotta go. Are check you a fan out that of that house. movie? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, hell yeah, dude. Uh, it is one of my favorite movies in the world. And that movie is pure joy. House God. to the second story forever. Hey, yeah, the house is like really close by. I'm in Highland Park, so it's like right around the corner from me. Oh my gosh. Yeah, we got a maybe, maybe the best horror film with Bill Maher and John Ratzenberger ever. I think it's probably the best horror movie with Bill Maher and John Ratzenberger. Yeah, yeah I think that's. I mean, listen, I don't want to. I don't want to make any huge statements or hot takes here on the podcast, mm-hmm. but it might be my favorite horror movie with both John Ratzenberger and Bill Maher. I'll just say it. I think it's my favorite movie with John Ratzenberger <laughs> and Bill Maher. Like full stop. I'm not willing to go that big with my statement. Okay. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> The like sixth direct video bachelor party sequel is 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 up there for you then. I'm just worried that Bill Maher is in a Pixar movie somewhere that we don't know about. Probably. <laughs> <laughs> he had that one really good cameo in Monsters University as the <laughs> uh the history professor who doesn't believe in God. Uh anyway. Anyway. <laughs> Let's talk about Cyrax. Sure, man. Let's do it. <laughs> All right, so, Andy, like, uh, first off, are you a fan of the Mortal Kombat franchise? I mean, I know you are, because we just watched the Mortal Kombat movie together a few days ago. Yeah, yeah, but, yeah, um, on our Twitch the movie games, night, like, yeah. Have you, have, you played, have you played all of the games in the series? Have you played some of them? I have not played all the games in the series. I was um, extremely obsessed, and this is why this is funny to me, I was extremely obsessed with the first two. Sure. The third one came out, and I think something had changed in me. I don't want to, I'm not putting this on Mortal Kombat in any way. Something had changed mm-hmm. in me, Ben, where I right. decided um, maybe, it was, maybe it was not enough for games to be edgy and bloody. Maybe I needed something more. What an advanced way of thinking for like 1997. What, a, <laughs> what an insane way to think. But I think I, I think I finally saw through it all and I was like, I don't like the way this game plays mechanically. Okay. Um, yeah, that's fair. <laughs> and I left, and I left, like, I think three was, was three the introduction of the run button? Yes. Yeah. I'm fairly certain it oh, was. Yeah, I yeah. was, I was over it, okay. man. And the Capcom games just kept getting better and better, and the SNK games just kept getting better and better. And so I left it off, I think, until maybe, maybe, I know I played, I know I played Anthologies Sub-Zero. I know I was very into that. Okay. I love wow. the idea of a story like side scroller Mortal Kombat. I thought that was interesting. Me too. And then I, I think... rented it from Blockbuster and Ooh. I couldn't get past the first level. And no, it was really sad. Because it still played like the fighting game. That was the trick. Kind of. It was but real like on, bad. on a delay. Yeah. It was it was they it was like, no, it's the fighting game, but now you also have to do platforming. And I was just like, nope. Uh and then yeah. I think I came back I think everybody kind of came back for uh I think it was nine was like the big like here it is, Mortal Kombat's back. 
Yeah, that was like a reboot-ish. Mm-hmm. It was a reboot in the Star Trek sense, where it was a reboot and a sequel. Yeah, and, and then... But yeah, they... MK, MK versus DC, I got very into. I thought that was a mm. lot of fun. Oh, so maybe you were talking about Mortal Kombat Armageddon. That was the one that had, like, every single character, like 60-something characters, and that was right before MK vs. DC. And the okay. other one was right after MK vs. DC. Okay, okay, yeah, maybe that's when I came back. Or maybe DC, yeah. or maybe more MK vs. DC brought me back, and then I played 9 because of it. What, oh, I'm, yeah. what I'm saying is, I thought it was very funny when you sent me this character, and I was like, who the fuck is a... And then I looked, and I was like, right, they all turned into robots at one point. <laughs> So you're not necessarily familiar then with like why they turned into robots. If I or like if I recall, Cyrax in general. If I uh-huh. re- if I recall from like the demo and character select screens back in the sure. day, I believe after Sub Zero and Scorpion left the clan, <laughs> there was like there was like a thing within the clan where all the ninjas decided, dude, we could be even more ninja if we were also robot. And Great. so they did that. And then, but Cyrax, like if, I don't know, this sounds like I'm telling you a dream I had, but I, Cyrax <laughs> is like, Cyrax is kind of like RoboCop, wherein like he he got rid of his ninja and robot programming, left the cult uh-huh. and, and like started solving crimes with Jackson Sonya. Okay. So that part's right. And everything else you said was wrong, but that's okay, good. Cool. That's good. <laughs> that's good. So a lot of this will be exciting and new to you. <laughs> and the absolute weirdest part of it is the part that'll be familiar. So perfect. That might actually be the best place for you to start. Great. So cool. Well, I'll, I'll give you a little background on Cyrax before Please we talk do. about what happens to him in the in the throughout the story of Mortal Kombat. But Cyrax was born in Botswana. Um, we don't know how, but at some point, I mean, we know how, Ben. You know how. Well, we you're, know how he was. Your wife born. is pregnant right now. You know how babies <laughs> happen, Ben. Okay, so Cyrax's mom and dad did sex <laughs> at each other, and then. Cyrax was born. But they in did it Botswana. like a Mortal Kombat way where one kicks the other one straight up into the air and yeah. then the other one throws some sort of projectile from their crotch and like pulls Go them ahead. back. Yeah. And right. I think that's how I think that's how conception works in Mortal Kombat. I think that's how conception works for everybody, unless I'm doing something wrong. I think you might um, be doing so... it more right than any of us. <laughs> <laughs> so uh so you know, little little baby Cyrax is born in Botswana and then it somehow is brought to China by the Lin Kuei. The Lin Kuei are a clan of ninja assassins in China. They um, they are they operate at such a high level as assassins that they don't just take on jobs from like you know mob bosses or like people that want to kill like business rivals or like people who want to kill their spouse. They take on jobs for like gods. Sure um and 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 wizards and sorcerers and all that kind of shit like that's the level at which they operate very cool and so yeah it's tight and so uh cyrax grows up within this clan in china um and we don't know how we got to china no we don't we don't know how yeah i mean i guess it's possible that like his parents had moved to china when he was a baby anyway and he was kidnapped i think the lin kuei do kidnap like children and babies my assumption had always been like 
in China, since most of the Lin Kuei members we meet are Chinese. But I mean, if they're but, going um, around the world killing not. people for yeah. gods and sorcerers Then it could just stuff, be anywhere, yeah. Is it like, do you think that the Lin Kuei are like, there's, they are only taking babies that they can sort of see something special in? Or is this like It's a, either that, or it's like someone went and assassinated Cyrax's parents in Botswana, and their deal is like, yeah, if you orphan a kid, we'll train them from birth to be master assassin, and that feeds the machine and gives us more assassins. That I feel, probably uh, seems likeliest uh, to me. I feel like we're really burying the lead here with with Cyrax. I want to know that. I want to know more <laughs> about this. It was just like he was born, and now he's in. He was born in Botswana. Now he's in China, and he's a ninja for gods. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, and I think just to give you a little tiny, tiny bit of background, just on like Mortal Kombat franchise at large, because it'll make the rest of the story a little bit more clear. Um, the whole reason that there are Mortal Kombat tournaments at all is that at the dawn of time, um, there was the one being, you know, AKA God. Mm-hmm. And uh, the one being was like, I'm going to make a bunch of elder gods and they're going to, and, and like Titans and like all these sub gods that are going to kind of make the universe, make time, make space, make these, uh, just just make the world. Sure. So he creates these elder gods, and the elder gods were like, mm, we don't want a boss. So uh, similar to how everyone's probably going to be dragging the guillotine back out soon, the elder gods uh, got these weapons called Kamidogu daggers, and they cut the one being into a million pieces, and those pieces became the realms, a.k.a. dimensions. Gotcha. So like Earth Realm is just a piece of the one being. Outworld is a piece of the one being. So eventually all these realms you know, life began, elder gods got to rule over life in these realms. They were happy. Yeah. But eventually people would try to conquer each other. Like Shao Kahn, the emperor of Outworld would try to conquer earth realm. And big picture, it was because the one being was trying to pull himself back together again. So they were all being influenced by a force. They couldn't even begin to understand that we're all a part of. Uh huh. And so to slow that down, the elder gods were like, all right, we need some rules. If, if realms want to merge with each other, they got to beat each other in 10 fighting tournaments first. (laughs) I mean, look, that just makes sense, and it's obviously going to solve the problem of the yeah. uh, of the of the one god, the one being coming back together. Uh, right. I have no notes, and I have no questions. <laughs> Great. So now that you're caught up. Uh, Cyrax Lin Kuei trained as an assassin with these ninjas, and um, they uh, there's a few notable members of the Lin Kuei whose names will come up. Um, George Washington. There's George Washington, Benjamin Franklin, Optimus uh, Benjamin Prime, Franklin Gates, <laughs> King Arthur, <laughs> King uh, Arthur, <laughs> Bumblebee, yeah, <laughs> Star Star Scream. Um, <laughs> well, uh, I like that I'm making you know, reference to the Transformers movie that literally no one saw. Uh, the Last Knight. Thank you. Yeah, I didn't see Thank it, you. but I at least saw the trailer, so I know that much. Right. Um, <laughs> the Witwickies. Um, so. <laughs> there's the Lin Kuei. they have a grandmaster um the grandmaster's son his name is sector he's the red cyborg i know sector yeah 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 you know sector um there's also bihan who uh, a lot of people call the first sub-zero he was sub-zero in the first mortal kombat game he's who you play as in mythologies right. sub-zero which you played there's also his little brother kwai lang who eventually became the second sub-zero and there's a. Uh, and there's Kwai Lang's best friend, Smoke, um, who's also a member of the Because he was always holding, dude. Like, if you need to get hooked up with some kush, like some yeah. sticky icky, that's who you called up, is you called up Smoke. If you're, if you're on Outworld, if you're in the fucking nether realm, and you need just, like, a dime bag, Smoke is always yeah. holding. 
always you know, smoke holding. hook me up <laughs> smoke's got the jewel yeah um but other than important to know other than uh the sub-zero brothers and smoke most of the people in the lin Kuei don't have special powers those they're like outliers most of the people in lin Kuei are just very talented assassins including sector including the grandmaster why do these gods Cyrax. why do these gods and wizards just need very good people to be their assassins um, cause they're like so good. Yeah, but like, they're like, like God like of Lightning. So, good. <laughs> they're like so good at it. <laughs> I think also there's like some weird fucking rules. This like Raiden is, can't go to the Nether Realm sure. or whatever. This is yeah. like the end of like. This is where you get to the bottom of like the Batman argument, right? Where like right. you you argue it with like a huge Batman fan until the bottom, and they're like, but he's just really good, and it's like, but he can't be that good. He yes, can't he be that. He's like so rich he's like that so he's rich. so good at being Batman. And he did so many push-ups. Yeah, he did 100 push-ups, and that lets him not die and do super stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so um, so so we've got ro- at this point, none of the Lin Kuei are robots. They're just none of them are robots. Um, and their only concern in life really is uh, doing assassinations to make money sure. for the semi-corrupt Grandmaster. Um. And their rivalry with a Japanese ninja clan called the Shirai Ryu that uh, Scorpion is a part of. So Scorpion, you'd said earlier, Scorpion, Sub-Zero, leave the clan. No, Scorpion is in the rival clan. Oh, I thought there um, was a thing where, like, Scorpion left his clan and he, like, wore yellow to make fun of them for being cowards and, oh wow, this is all wrong. And like no. somebody told me this, and like he wore yellow to make fun of Sub Zero for like like being a coward because they were rivals when they were in the clan together. I don't know. I don't know where Did I someone heard tell this. you that like on the playground when you were a kid because there were a lot of rumors going around about Mortal Kombat yo, back then. It could be, man. <laughs> it literally could be. There were so many rumors about the first sure. like few Mortal Kombat games because it was all pre like real pre internet days. Sure. Where it was just like, I heard that if you win this many fights under this condition, when this happens, you can see Sonya's boobs. Yeah, yeah. Some of them. Laura Laura Croft Tomb Raider comes into the game and she shows you her boobs. Yeah, some of some of them were like that, and then some of them were just like, there's an entirely other character. Like there was, uh, like there was supposed to be like Sub Zero, Scorpion, Reptile, and then another one who wore all black, and it was just like if you did the right thing, you would get the guy. That was kind of true though. Was it? Cybot. Yeah. When was that one? Noob Saibot pops up in Mortal Kombat 2, I think. Okay, and that's Boone and Tobias backwards. And it is Boone and Tobias backwards. Right. Um, Tobias, by the way, former guest of the show. Hey. He was great. First of all, congrats. Um, thanks, man. It was cool to have JT around. It was cool to talk about Mortal Kombat with him. Um, but, uh, uh, yeah, and Noob Saibot, I don't know if you know this, and it's not going to really matter for today's episode, but uh, he is the original Sub-Zero. First Sub-Zero comes back as Noob Saibot, uh, an undead revenant, not unlike Scorpion. This two Sub-Zero thing, I know it's, 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 I, a lot. I know it's, a lot it's got nothing to do with what we're talking about, and so I'm not going to sidetrack us, but eventually I, Anthony Carboni, am going to contact you, Ben Meckler, privately as a human being yeah. and not the host of this show, and I'm going to get the whole lowdown on this two Sub-Zero thing. I'm sure you've already yeah. done multiple episodes on it. Yeah, well, one with Steve Zaragoza, our mutual friend. I refuse to listen to anything that Steve Zaragoza is involved in, and you know that. Then you can listen to Demi Adigeribe's episode, which was about uh, specifically Bihan, now, the first Sub-Zero, who becomes Noob Saibot, now, the whole saga. You know I'll listen to anything Demi's in, and nothing Steve is in. 
Yeah, you get great. That. Well, Perfect. you don't need to listen to both. You can just listen to Demi's. Hey, everybody at home, if you're new to the podcast, I recommend you just listen to Demi's. <laughs> <laughs> well, the episode with Steve is like two hours and fifteen minutes long, so that's a real uh, that's a real Steve episode. I understand. Length. Yeah, uh, and, it's not his fault. It's it's Kwai Lang's fault. But um, there's a lot of lore. I get it, and you take it very there's seriously. A lot. There's a lot to take it. So there's there's this rival gang. They are yeah. uh, they are interested in just uh, in in murdering for their for their bosses and they hate this rival gang and they're not robots yeah. yet. Go. Okay, so uh, fast forward through a few years of rival gang stuff, mm-hmm. secret mission stuff, missions for gods. Here's kind of where we're at. Um, there's a Mortal Kombat tournament coming up. It is the tenth tournament against Outworld. We lost the first nine. It's basically the plot of you know the first movie, which we watched the other night. Right. If we lose this tournament, Earth gets merged with Outworld. Um, the Lin Kuei, uh, Cyrax's gang, um, they get uh, hired to murder Shang Tsung at this tournament. So they send Bihan, the first Sub-Zero, because he's the best dude. Now, something that happened right before this is Scorpion's entire clan was murdered, including his wife and child, and he died as well, went to hell, and came back as an undead revenant seeking revenge. Mm-hmm. So, that's first Mortal Kombat tournament. That's why he pulls his head off and he, and he like, spits fire. Precisely. Gotcha. Yes. He's a demon hell-bent on revenge. Love it. So, that first uh, Mortal Kombat game happens. Bihan goes. Cyrax is like, good luck, Bihan. Bihan goes and gets murdered by Scorpion there. Wow. <laughs> he dead. And he was the best of the Lin Kuei. So now things are kind of shaken up. So two things happen after that. First off, one thing worth noting is Sector, um, the Grandmaster, and obviously the, kind of the rest of the Lin Kuei sort of are jealous of and envy the fact that they have two Cryomancers and one Smoke Dude in the clan, but the rest of them are, don't have magic powers. Sure. So they already feel like, you know, at a disadvantage. I'd be very bummed um, as well. Yeah, the other thing to know is, like, the Grandmaster's a shitty leader. Uh, Grandmaster's all about enriching himself, giving himself more power. So here's what happens Do you after know what Bihan else they're dies. probably disappointed about? They're probably disappointed what? about the fact that they have robot names, but they're not robots. You know what I mean? Don't worry, man. If I was born and my they, name was Cyrax <laughs> or Sector, and I was just like, right. why am I not a robot of some kind? This is incredibly disappointing. So they're yeah, probably you, bummed about have... that. <laughs> They probably want to do something. Very about good that. point. Yeah, it is weird when you play like Mortal Kombat Nine, where they let you like play as Cyrax before he becomes a robot. Anytime someone calls him Cyrax, you're like, "That is a robot's name." Yeah, is his name? His name is just John name. Cyrax. Yeah, attorney uh, at law. Yeah, Kyle Cyrax, <laughs> David Sector, DDS. <laughs> uh, you know, it's a whole thing. Sure. <laughs> But, um, you know, after Bihan dies, um, and it was kind of like Bihan died, it, it, sort of, it's not because he failed to kill Shang Tsung or because he got all caught up with his scorpion rivalry, but it's not not because of that. Sure. So what happens is the Grandmaster's like, I need a way to even the playing field to better control everybody in the clan so they'll do exactly what I say and nothing else. And I need a way to kind of make sure that, like, everyone's equally skilled and i don't have to like send my best warrior and potentially lose my best warrior so easy peasy i'm going to create something called the cyber initiative and i'm going to make every ninja in the lin Kuei into a cyborg so like my thing is and yeah and mm-hmm. i don't you know 
I understand that Kano's there from Go, and we love Kano. Kano's like we, you and I have discussed this. Kano's like one of our favorites. So I, I know that there is always some some robot stuff going on, but it just seems mm-hmm. that if you are a clan of assassins that's used to wizards and gods and magical powers, you would first go to getting more people with magical powers. Like the jump to robot is like real insane to me. But for the Grandmaster, it's not about just having more powerful warriors. It's also about having more subservient warriors. Could you do that with so magic having, too, though? Well, it's not as sure. It's not as foolproof because, like the he's not a sorcerer. Mm-hmm. So it's like to him, uh, the thing that makes the most sense is like let me get all these ninja brains and spines, yeah, and put them into robot bodies where I can basically give them the ability to do fireballs because, and laser swords. Because he wasn't a sorcerer, but he was a roboticist before he was the head of this clan. Well, be, based on Kano, we can assume that there are many roboticists out there in the world because Kano's not a cyborg. He just like lost an eye, and there was a guy named the Doctor. That's the only canon name for this dude. Mm-hmm who was like, yeah, I can give you a cybernetic laser eye. And then you look at, like, Sonya and Jax and, like, their wing. But you can't tell me the... that doesn't mean he's not a cyborg. That's literally that what makes him a cyborg. If you're a mix of a yeah, human I guess and a robot, true. you're I a cyborg. I guess if you have one robot part, yeah. I guess for me, like, when I hear cyborg, I'm like, so part of their brains are robot too, right? But I guess it's not really the case for the Mortal Kombat cyborgs in general. No. So, no, that's a good point. He's cyborg. That's a good point. Yeah, he's not an android, but he's a cyborg. Yeah, okay. Okay, so this dude, like, there are a lot of people that can make robots about. Apparently. And great. And so, and so the Grandmaster is like, yeah, I'm going to make all of my ninjas into cyborg ninjas. So this creates problems in the Lin Kuei because not everyone's on board. Sector, who just wants Daddy to love him uh, and who just wants to be the best or at least for no one to be better than him so daddy will love him is like i love the cyber initiative my dad ma- came up with a great idea and we're all gonna do it um go to Kui therapy Kwai Lang. <laughs> Lang and smoke are like no Kwai Lang's like my brother just died i just became sub-zero version two me and my best friend smoke don't want to be cyborgs we're gonna run away yeah cyrax unfortunately sits on the fence for too long he's like i don't want to be a cyborg but i also like i'm basically in a cult that's what the lin Kuei is yeah. and i don't feel comfortable leaving so he like voices his concern and pretty much immediately they're just like yeah whatever and just fucking rip out his brain and spine and put it in a robot yeah, body. there's nothing a cult a cult of killers loves more than when you voice your concerns yeah, they're like, uh, don't care. Real so, open door policy at the Grandmaster's office. <laughs> yeah, they do not give a shit. Uh, every, so Cyrax, every semester, you can fill out a comment card about the Grandmaster. <laughs> How are we feeling about the Grandmaster's leadership? And do we feel the need for another democratic election of a new Grandmaster? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love it. No? <laughs> Great. I, look, I looked at all of the ballots and you all said no. <laughs> all of you. It's like, and like he like Cyrax raises his hand. He's like, I'm pretty sure I said. It. He's like, Oh no, you said no. You said no, buddy. Okay. Now let's get that brain and spine into a cyborg. So Sector is like, I'm good. I'm robot now for Dad's love. Cyrax, yes. just uh, wrong place, wrong time, wrong opinions. Yeah. Yeah. He, you know, he's someone who had nothing. Grew up in this clan dedicated his whole life to the clan and i guess for him it was harder to admit he was wrong 
mm-hmm. uh, and to say I got to get out of here than it was to just run away. <laughs> Great. Um, or sorry, or then to then to just let it happen. Anyway, yeah. Look, long story short, Cyrax he's a cyborg now. He's assigned serial number LK four two four D four. He's not even called Cyrax technically anymore. Uh, and that's it. So wait, his so, name was Cyrax beforehand, which is a robot name. Yeah. Yes. And when he becomes a robot, they take his robot name away from him. Correct. And they give him LK4D4. That is the most fucked up story of a robot name I've ever heard. It's really fucked up. It's I think Sector <laughs> is a little worse because that even more sounds robot-y to me. And they just give him, um, a, they give him a serial number too? Yeah, I think he be, he's not even like, the sad thing is he's not even like LK1. I forget what he is, but it's like I mean, it, LK401 it or something. It makes sense if you're a guy that names your son Sector that eventually you're going to be so robot obsessed that you're going to turn people yeah. into robots. Dude already had robots on the mind. Yeah, for sure. So everybody has a serial yeah. number. Is there any? Are there any fun facts about that serial number? Any Easter eggs or lore about that serial number? Well, well the LK part stands for Lin Kuei. Other than that, no. Okay. <laughs> Or at least not that I know. There might be. Um, but uh, I didn't Google it. Anyway, <laughs> around this time, uh, well, so, so so Sector and Cyrax and a few more Cyberboys are dispatched to capture Smoke and Sub-Zero, right? Because the Linkway doesn't want anyone to leave. If people are allowed to leave cults, the cult doesn't work. Um, okay. Despite the fact they're all robots anyway. So Sector and Cyrax are sent to get Sub-Zero, and uh, they fail to get Sub-Zero, but they do get Smoke. They turn Smoke into a cyborg. Sub-Zero escapes. Okay. Now Smoke and Sector and Cyrax are on Operation Get Sub-Zero, turn him into a cyborg. But the backdrop of this like very personal mission is that uh, another Mortal Kombat tournament's come and gone. Shao Kahn, uh, through basically trickery, has managed to get around the Mortal Kombat tournament rules and is just invading Earth. Mm-hmm. Um, it involves, like, resurrecting his ex-wife, who is the queen of, course. Um, of Videnia, but now her body gets resurrected in Earthrealm, and that causes the whole system to collapse. Naturally. So, yada, yada, like, huge portals open up. Real Souls are being ripped stuff. out of bodies. Yeah, Liu Kang and Sub-Zero and all the, like, good guys are running around trying to survive in Earth while... Uh, centaurs and dragons and shit are running around and death squads trying to find them. Yeah, I remember three having. That, I remember three having like real wild backgrounds for the stages. I remember three being like it's insane. Uh, I remember three being like, oh, this is bonkers now. Yeah, I mean, literally the backdrop of that game is that everyone on Earth is gone except for like twelve warriors from Earth that have, are just chosen warriors. And the and it's basically like twelve people on the planet Earth running away from literal death squads of dragons and centaurs and uh, goros and all sorts of monsters. So many goros, so many goros. <laughs> and then, in addition to that, like anyone that Shao Kahn decided to spare, and so he literally like hires the Lin Kuei that are like, oh yeah, sure, Earth is cached anyway, whatever, man. So the cyborgs are allowed to stay because they're working for Shao Kahn. Um, and so uh, amidst all of that, Cyrax and Sector and Smoke are allowed to continue their mission to capture Sub-Zero because he's one of the good guys that are fighting Shao Kahn. So Sub-Zero's, we like Sub-Zero now. Yeah, he's a, Sub-Zero bailed on the Lin Kuei and teamed up with Raiden and the good guys. Great. 
and uh, and is helping. He's like the resistance. They're like fighting to protect Earth. And so uh, Cyrax, as a cyborg, now is also fighting against the interests of like his entire home realm. So it didn't really work out that he was trying to like figure out how to help, uh, you know, his old buddies at the Lin Kuei because the whole fucking planet's about to go away. Right. Um, and he's inadvertently fighting for the bad guys. But things take a turn for old Cyrax when he corners Sub-Zero in like, I don't know, fucking back alley in like New York or something. Sure. And uh, Sub-Zero gets the drop on him, uh, manages to reprogram him, because I guess Sub-Zero is a, is, a, is a hacker, dude. And he reprograms Cyrax uh, to give him a new mission. No. Which is to kill Shao Kahn. No. Yeah, he does. He hacks him. No, dude. he doesn't. He hacks the planet. Hacks him with what? Hacks him with what skills? Just out of nowhere, Sub-Zero is now a hacker boy? When Sub-Zero left the Lin Kuei, he went to a coding boot camp. Yeah, he, t- he took a... <laughs> he downloaded one of those learn-to-code apps. Yeah. He, uh, he got one of those... He got on lynda.com, yeah. and he took a bunch of tutorials. He, you know what it is? Is He was watching a lot of YouTube channels that were talking about Skillshare, and he was like, you know what? I'm going to try this out. $10 a month? Honestly, How can I not try Skillshare? <laughs> I've got the money. Um... Honestly, I think in all likelihood, all of the people in the Lin Kuei learned how to code because uh. they weren't just, they weren't just like assassins. They were also like, they'd be sent on missions to like steal shit and like do anything where like only a human could do this, but they have to do it very delicately. It's Batman like a lot again. Of skills. It's fucking Batman yeah. again. Yeah. Sub, well, Sub-Zero is very much it's Batman. Just a, like, it's just a clan of Batmans. Honestly, I got there's like a there's like a comic book that came tied in with Mortal Kombat 2 that John Tobias wrote. And Sub-Zero's entrance is that he shows up in like basically a, a high tech like aircraft that is like the Batwing or whatever Batman's thing is. And he's got like a super high tech like ninja crew uh. operating the spaceship and he's like Mortal Kombat combatants, join me on my ship, and we'll take care of this together. This is what so he is. Sub Zero is Bruce Wayne, like he is Batman. Just to, if Batman could do ice powers. This is what I hate, but also love about Mortal Kombat because Mortal Kombat is basically a fifteen-year-old's, like the drawings in the margin of a fifteen-year-old's notebook. But yeah, but they stick to the bit. They commit to it. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. They, it's it's um. It's a kitchen sink. Yeah, it's look, he's a ninja hacker, billionaire, philanthropist, ice power. Playboy. Yeah, great. Yeah. Okay. And he takes time to be a good little brother too, you know? And that's what's most important. I hope. Yeah. I hope and that's he kind of hopes, the lesson I think of the whole series. Yeah. He, be a good little brother. He hopes that when he's gone, that's what that's how he'll be most remembered. That's the legacy he'll leave behind. Yeah. Uh, okay, so everybody's he corners Sub Zero. Sub Zero reprograms him, but doesn't reprogram yeah. him in like a "I set you free" way. Reprograms no. him in a like uh, ex- instead of me, go after this guy. Yeah, he's like do do the thing that I want to do instead. Cool. Yeah, he basically makes him a different kind of slave. good brother, but bad so yeah, friend. He, he, sure. I mean, I guess you know you could look at it from the perspective of like. Maybe there were more important things to take care of in that moment. And, like, giving this robot an existential crisis wasn't as important as trying to get him to stop the guy that literally just ate millions and billions of souls. Yeah, um, you're right. Let's, but I don't let's know. Drill down into, still weird. Let's drill down into making sense of the motivation of the ice wizard <laughs> that reprogrammed the robot. I think we can figure it out. 
I think we can get there. Uh, he's, he's not a nice wizard. He's a cryomancer. Anyway, uh, Cyrax is trying to murder uh, Is Cryomancer just Latin new... for ice wizard? Uh, ice... <laughs> ice uh, sorcerer. <laughs> Let's get real hair splitting on the mortal podcast. Go on. Tell me more. Let's split them. Split those hairs. All right. Cyrax is going to try to murder Shao Kahn. Uh, but as, as we all know, if you know Mortal Kombat at all, a little dude named Liu Kang manages to, to defeat Shao Kahn first. Hell yeah. So Cyrax, who was marching through a desert at that point in another dimension mm-hmm. to find Shao Kahn, he was marching through basically Outworld, but like an old Edenian desert in the, in the outskirts of Outworld. Idiot, you went the wrong he, uh, way. Totally did. He was marching through the desert looking for Shao Kahn um shao Kahn got defeated so he basically like his programming like broke down and he just wound up buried in this desert and rotted there for years he's good nice going sub-zero he somehow knew that shao Kahn was was destroyed at the moment he was destroyed yeah you know wi-fi i bet he was getting like yeah. bbc worldwide mm-hmm. news that tracks. feed uh yeah his rss yeah. Great. So he's he was he's like the uh he's like the curiosity rover. He he's yeah. just stuck out there, mission accomplished, and the dust covers yeah. him. He's the curiosity Cyrax. And he's sta- he's he's completely buried in the sand. This is a plot point that was written around the fact that they had a desert stage in Mortal Kombat 3, and it was admittedly super cool to have a robot sticking out of the sand in the background. So um that is where Cyrax was for a long time. Love it. Years pass. The Lin Kuei, uh, who are now led by Sector, who murdered his dad and be- made it an all-cyborg clan. How did uh, he they murder find... his dad? How did he get around we his can't... programming? Uh, this will go on too long if we try to get into okay, it. Okay, I'm he sorry. Just, let's not. He figured it out, man. Right. It's a whole thing. Sure. He overcame this program. He murdered. They're all cyborgs now, and they're bad. Hey, great. They're going. They're looking for Cyrax. They collect him in the desert. Uh, and they uh, sense that his programming is all fucked up, but they're like, it's fine, we can reprogram him, we can make him fall in line with the rest of the Lin Kuei. We're still looking for Sub-Zero, um, but we're also dealing with the fact that we're kind of in, like, they're a whole cyborg clan now that's kind of in a rivalry with a new department of the U.S. government called the Outer World Investigation Agency that's basically X-Files. Love this. They're like, they're the OIA, they're the CIA, but for dimensions. Oh, I want a whole series of games about these people. They made one. It was called Mortal Kombat Special Forces. It's considered the worst of the Mortal Kombat games, and everyone hates it. Well, we dreamed big. We dreamed big, and the dream died swiftly. We flew too close to the sun, everybody, but we tried. It's true. (laughs) It melted our beautiful wings. Uh, So... So Lin Kuei, at this point, they're dealing with a lot, you know? They're still trying to find Sub-Zero. They're still trying to make money, even though I don't know what cyborgs are going to do with money. I guess buy more machine parts and be better cyborgs. Sure. They're also trying to, like, deal with this this fucking wing of the government that hates them. Um, and so Cyrax, while he's back with the Lin Kuei, starts having flashbacks to his time in Botswana and to his time with the Lin Kuei before he was a cyborg. So... We're starting to call into question now, like, how much of the human Cyrax is still in there? We know his brain and his spine, but is his soul? Sure. Um, and uh, he knows Mortal something's Mortal Kombat, wrong. asking the big questions. I love it. They're getting in that, dude. It's like Blade Runner shit, dude. This is real um, metaphysical, and I'm into it. Let's go. Yeah. 
It's tight. And Cyrax is like, I'm fighting the OIA, but do I want to be? What's going on? And so uh, eventually, Sonya Blade, uh, who you're familiar Mm -hmm. with, she leads the OIA. She captures Cyrax. And uh, in classic Cyrax fashion, they reprogram him. Great. Um, But in not classic Cyrax fashion, they just give him his sentience back. Oh, Instead of reprogramming him to be like, now go kill your master. Um, well, I think that's they cool. They let him have, it's tight. And so that's uh, real he nice immediately is like, yeah, it is. I mean, you know, as we know, the U.S. government is a philanthropic organization that just wants to do good. It's good. We're, we may not and, have a post uh, office tomorrow as we're recording this, <laughs> but the, the government wants to do good. Great. But at least we want to free cyborgs. I could definitely see that being the thing that like the GOP is like, we need to put more money into freeing cyborgs and less money into the post office because the cyborgs are going to fight for us in Afghanistan. Sure. Um, so Cyrax, RoboCop style, is like, oh God, what have I become? I hate this. I don't want to be a cyborg, but I appreciate that you freed me, Sonya Blade, and the rest of the OIA, I'm going to join your organization. And the OIA is like, great, uh, because you're a robot, we're going to build technology into your arm. Uh, this is specific canon. Into your arm gauntlet thing that allows you to open portals so you can go back and forth between Earth and Outworld, and you'll be our agent in Outworld. Whoa. And uh, he goes, great, that's what I am from now on. Cyborg ninja agent in Outworld. Perfect. That's my mission. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah. No notes. I I do like that we now have the ability to go back and forth between Outworld whenever we want at this point in the series. Oh, yeah. Ca- canonically, the government uh, you figured out the technology to just have portals. I love it. They, like, found the—they, like, hacked the equation of the magic portals. Yeah. And were able to recreate it in science. Listen, if you can make a smoke wizard and an ice wizard, if you can say, I want them to be robots— then uh then a government agency that makes machines can also say i want a magic portal yeah oh by the way the reason that you know that the soul is contained in the brain and the spine in mortal Kombat lore is that when they put smoke into um the robot body he still had his smoke powers which were tied specifically to his soul being corrupted by a demon so um Canonically, that is where the soul lives in Mortal Kombat. Your spine. Great. I'm glad we're thinking. I'm glad we're thinking about all these things and making sure the internal logic of Mortal Kombat is sound. It is. <laughs> <laughs> in its own way, you know, it just yeah. is. So, Cyrax living it up in Outworld as a secret agent, being a cool robot. Yeah, gets to, gets to enjoy a few years of that, mm-hmm. even though he hates his hard metal body and he wishes that he could be soft flesh again. Sure, metallo syndrome is the, what we call the that. Warm touch of a woman. Yeah. Um, one day he's hanging out, chilling in Outworld, when all of a sudden he gets attacked by two oni, um, you know, demons mm-hmm. from the Nether Realm. Uh, Moloch, who's a giant with a big old rock tied to his hand. Very cool. And Draman, a weird little freak with like a club arm and a mask on. Um, doesn't really matter what they look like, but just to add some flavor to no, it. No, it's just eventually um, he gets taken down by a big rock and a club. Yeah. Well, no, he doesn't because okay. he, he fights them off successfully. They just attack him out of nowhere. And he's like, that was fucked up. Then Reptile, who we know, attacks him too. And he's like, what the fuck? Why are all these weird monsters attacking me today? 
uh, I guess I better go back to Earthrealm and report to my superiors that the monsters are just out of control in Outworld. Mm -hmm. He goes and he checks his arm gauntlet and realizes, oh no, they all broke his portal maker when they attacked him. He's stranded in Outworld now with no way to get back home. He doesn't know how to fix his portal maker. Uh, no. Yeah. And there's no other agents, I guess, in Outworld. It's just him. Thankfully, a nice vampire lady... (laughs) Named named Natara walks on up and says, Hey man, I noticed that your robot dimension portal opener ben, is broken. Is this the point in most episodes? Mm-hmm. What point, mm-hmm. how long does does the average person go before their reaction to everything you say just turns into sure, why not? What's the average time? When. Yeah. This is, this is usually it. I, I'm yeah. glad to know I'm not. It's not really time so much as like the, the point in the uh, continuity. This is Mortal Kombat Deadly Alliance. This is the fifth game. And it's usually when you get here that people are like, all right. Yeah, sure. Yeah, why not a vampire, a vampire lady? Sure. the robot. I can get you back to Earth. Because, the monst- because those two demons from hell and that dinosaur attacked you. And broke your dimension arm. Doer. Listen, I'm a I'm a dyed in the wool Hoovian. You can throw whatever you want at me. At hell yeah. At dude. a certain point, I'm just gonna be like, yeah, okay, bring it on. Yeah. At, so the at, robot eats fish stick pudding, yep. and uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So uh, all right, nice vampire lady Natara walks up, and she goes, "Hey man, if you s- scratch my back, I'll scratch yours." And by scratch my back. I mean, walk through some lava to get something for me because you're a robot and you can do that. And by scratch your back, I mean, open up a portal with magic that'll send you home. <laughs> and Cyrax vampire says, don't fly? Sure. Uh, vampire do fly, but it's more complicated. Basically, she needs something. She walks him down to this place called the Lava Shrine that's in Outworld. Mm-hmm. And she says, there's Listen, an orb I Listen, you cannot get into the Lava Shrine at Friday after 9 p.m. Like, no. you're, there's no way. The line is around the block. You got to know somebody yeah. to get into the lava shrine. Well, thankfully, she's a sexy vampire, sure. so she doesn't have to wait in line to get into Club Lava but Shrine. But they do ask if she's bringing any friends, and, like, are they dudes? Okay. Yeah, yeah. And uh, she, her answer is, technically? <laughs> no. I think he's genderless. He doesn't have a crotch, and he's just got a brain and a spine. And they're like, mm, so, no bro souls, no bro souls. We're trying to keep yeah. the ratio of bro souls to lady souls. Yeah, uh, gender is a construct, particularly when we're talking about cyborgs, yeah. uh, vampires, and in d- dimensions like Outworld. So the lava so, shrine has some sort of a magic as well, and she can't vampire her way in there. No, it's it's literally it's it's a lot more uh, simple than that. They walk into the lava shrine, and she says, "I need an orb that's at the bottom of that pool of lava." Ah. So so can your your robot body is is lava resistant? Is an assumption she makes and is thankfully correct about. She says, "Could you walk to the bottom of that and get the orb for me? Um, I need to unmerge my vampire realm." Yes. I'm I'm Outworld is kind of like a melting pot of all these different realms that have been conquered sure. by Shao Kahn. It's the Ellis, so it's she's the like, Ellis Island of Mortal Kombat. It is. And like Shao Kahn at this point is out of the picture. So she's like, I just need that orb so I can get my realm to detach. And he's like, yeah, no problem. So he walks down to the bottom of the lava pit. He grabs the orb. He walks out and gives it to her. She says, transaction complete. Thanks, dude. Sends him back to Earth Realm. Hooray. Sidebar. I feel like he's going to regret doing that. 
So this is something Cyrax never actually learns, but yeah, he caused a huge fucking problem by doing that. <laughs> Reptile, um, in the background, so, so working backwards, Natara the vampire intentionally sent Reptile to fuck up Cyrax's portal machine so that she could get him to go into the lava so he'd ha- she'd have a reason to say, get me that orb. He pro- he's a nice guy. He probably would have done it anyway, yeah. but she's lived in Outworld for a long time and probably rightfully assumes nobody's looking to just help people to be nice. So, because she tricked Reptile into attacking Cyrax, so she could trick Cyrax into getting the orb, Reptile's like, something's up, and he followed them into that lava shrine. Something Natara and Cyrax did not know was that in that lava shrine was a dragon egg. The dragon egg mm. contained the spirit of uh, a long-ago emperor of Outworld who was a very deadly necromancer and warmonger. I was going to say, this sounds um, like the old dragon egg gambit. It's the old dragon egg gambit. His name was the Dragon King Onaga. Um, and so Reptile went to check out that egg out of curiosity when he went down to the temple. And then the egg teleported the Onaga guy into Reptile's body. And he became the host of the Dragon King Onaga. Sure. And so... Not long after Cyrax did make it back to Earthrealm, Onaga all of a sudden showed up on the scene. The whole out- Outer World Investigation Agency went to fight Onaga, and Onaga slaughtered all of them, including Cyrax. Whoops. So Cyrax inadvertently cr- was the architect of his own demise. I just want to say that I'm kind of I'm looking up these characters as you mentioned them, and Natara's uh-huh. character design is buck wild. Really good. She yeah. is a vampire, but she also looks like she also looks like a lady doing a steampunk pirate queen costume for Halloween. Yes. With uh-huh. bat wings. Yes. Um, it's, listen, I'm not saying that I would have a lot of problems taking her seriously, but that's a pretty wild costume. And I'm not... Um, I, I will say she's in the new Mortal Kombat movie that's coming out later this yeah. year. Yeah. So something to look forward to is how how true are they going to be? There's no way she looks like this in the movie. There's no way she'll look like a mid two thousands pirate fairy queen. No way this looks like that's you nailed it. This is a rave flyer. This is like a lady rendered for a rave flyer in the early two thousands. Yeah, there's no way she looks like this in the movie. Anyway, go on. I'm just saying. I look this up. So like (laughs) here. So. Cyrax dead now. Cyrax dead now, but not for long. Because <laughs> fighting game. Cyrax, Cyrax is killed by Onaga. Uh, everyone's killed by Onaga with just a few exceptions. Thankfully, Onaga is eventually defeated Thankfully. by um, a, a weird collective of people. Liu Kang is dead at this point, so his ghost, um, this Native American warrior named Nightwolf, a ghost ninja named Ermac... A few I other characters Ermac we've never heard Wolf. of. Yeah, they rule. Um, and they're also introduced in Mortal Kombat 3. So they've they've been in this season. Um, but the, there's like this weird collective of, of oddball yeah. characters who team up, defeat Onaga, and restore everybody to life, including Cyrax. Can you play as Unfortunately, Ghost Liu Kang? You can, and it's tight. Dope. Yeah. You can also play a zombie Liu Kang the game before. They were really cavalier about killing him off. Wow. It's pretty tight. Yeah. Ghost Liu Kang and Zombie Liu Kang exist as different entities for like a chunk of time in the games. Do they have to reunite? Yeah. Zom- yes. Oh. Zombie Liu Kang is like bad and controlled by an evil version of, of Raiden. Course. And Ghost Liu Kang is good yeah. and living in Katana's body. So it's like Hot. when you have to move in together too early into a relationship, 
but like on hard mode. It's like all the people that just started relationships and now have to live together because the quarantine. Oh, have to. No, decided. Chose it to. It was like, listen, decided we've and... been dating for three weeks, and if we don't buckle in, ain't nobody getting laid for two and a half months. So what are we doing? Yeah, so, so what are we doing? They, they made their choices. Sharing a body. Why not? Yeah. Katana and Lucang got in Once there. again, no notes. Uh, Go on. No notes. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, Cyrax is brought back, unfortunately not as a person, but as a cyborg again, which seems pretty fucked up to me. But, you know, so it goes. Mm-hmm. And uh, he's brought back just in time for a prophecy to be fulfilled uh, that results in the apocalypse. So, None of this was the apocalypse yet. No, it wasn't the apocalypse yet. The real apocalypse is that when uh, the warriors in the various realms become too powerful, and one could argue that being able to resurrect dozens of people is too powerful uh, to begin Fair. with, um, when they all become too powerful, that'll be the moment that like these two demigods are, re- are unfrozen from like cryostasis in these two eggs like underground, and then that'll cause a big pyramid to rise. In Adenia, and at the foot of this pyramid, how many eggs? All of the warriors of light. There's a lot of eggs. All of the warriors of light and all of the warriors of darkness will fight at the base of this pyramid, and whoever gets to the top of the pyramid will fight a big fire demon, and whoever kills the fire demon will uh, become basically the one being and collapse all of the realms and end life as we know it. And like that is that is like the the prophecy for Cyrax's story. It really doesn't matter. Because that ain't going to be him. That ain't going to be him. No way is it going to be him. And also, like, his whole stake in it is not, like, I got to get to the top of that pyramid. It's like, well, I just, I'm just going to go fight in this war to make sure, like, you know, fucking Shao Kahn isn't the guy that gets to the top of that pyramid. So there's a big war. He fights in it. He gets, like, partway up the pyramid. Uh, You actually see how he dies. He gets thrown off of the pyramid and, like, his neck snaps, like, blood sprays out of it is, like, pretty much what happens. Um, so he dies and, and what occurs is... In Mortal is, Kombat, uh, terms and aesthetics, yeah. that's a pretty sure. respectable death. Yeah, it's not bad. It's not a bad you know? death. It's not the grossest death. It's not the goriest death. It's a, it's, that's no. the Mortal Kombat equivalent of, of dying in bed at an old age with your loved ones next to you is getting your neck snapped. Yeah, it's not too shabby, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Getting hurled like 80 feet and then just it's your neck crunching violently and spraying out of your blood spraying out of your uh, cyborg neck. That's Yeah, that. that's in Mortal Kombat terms in your obit in your obituary in the newspaper they say he died peacefully. He died doing what he loved. <laughs> so he dead again now. Sp- sp- arterial spray. Yeah, he de- he dead again now and permanently uh in this timeline. It- so No. <laughs> no. I don't accept this. I don't accept where so, we're going next. I don't accept Oh, we're it. going. Now, here's the thing. I refuse. Who who do you think gets to the top of the pyramid? I I mean, I'd like to think that it's like Liu Kang, but it's probably Shao Kahn. It's Shao Kahn, my dude. Shao Kahn gets up there. Shao Kahn kills Mr. Fire Demon. His name's Blaze. Um, he kills Blaze. Yeah, of course. 420. No scope. Blazing uh, smoke and hanging out outside of the fucking quick stop. <laughs> dude, fucking. <laughs> dude, smoke gets announced, Blaze lights it up, and they fucking make they it happen. They make it happen. Uh, so, 
So uh, it's Raiden uh, who is tasked with protecting the Earth and and Shao Kahn who make it and up there. And is horribly Shao bad Khan... at it. Raiden is the shittiest protector of the Earth, I think. Oh, it's about to get way worse. Um, Raiden and Shao Kahn get up there. Shao Kahn kills Blaze. Shao Kahn gets the one being powers. Shao Kahn is about to end life as we know it and is about to use a big old warhammer to crush Raiden's skull uh, like a Gallagher watermelon, as I like to say. And so... Uh, it's all over, and Raiden immediately is like, there's one thing I can do to stop this from happening. I can send a message back in time to my younger self that will create a better timeline where Shao Kahn doesn't make it up Do here. that and so, earlier! Way earlier. And uh, you'd think, like, send a message that's going to, like, be really easy to understand and, and just going to send a clear message on how to fix no, this. No, but just like you only no. have time to program a robot to hate a different person, not to be free... You only have time mm-hmm. to send, what did he send, a haiku that was written backwards? No, he sent back three words. He must win. That's the least specific fucking thing yeah. I've ever heard. Him. You, If you're going to yeah. write he, <laughs> you have time to write the name. You have time mm-hmm. to establish the proper noun. Yeah. Go on. But he didn't. So, <laughs> So instead... He created a new timeline where butterfly effect style, um, little things changed here and there. And so for Cyrax, it changed, um, I'm going to say like a medium amount of things changed for old Cyrax. So uh, in this timeline, Cyrax's origin story is the same. Still from Botswana, still joins uh, the Lin Kuei. And um, in this timeline, instead of Bihan getting sent to the first tournament... Um, a bunch of the Lin Kuei people are sent to the first tournament. So Bihan goes, but so does the other Sub-Zero, so does Smoke, so does Sector, so does Cyrax. Um, in this timeline, they were hired by Shang Tsung already to come to this Mortal Kombat tournament and kill as many Earthrealm warriors as possible. Specifically, Cyrax is tasked with murdering uh, beloved Hollywood action star Johnny Cage. <laughs> um... In this timeline, the Cyber Initiative, right before the tournament popped off, was already floated as an idea. And so every, all these these poor ninjas have to go to this Mortal Kombat tournament, like already having to think about, like, wait, so like when we get back, we're going to turn into cyborgs? That's weird. And so Cyrax is already the guy who's like saying, while they're on Shang Tsung's island, like working on this assassination, to anyone who will listen hey, it's bad, right? Like, we shouldn't do the cyborg thing. Mm -hmm. I don't think we should do the cyborg thing. It seems like a bad idea. He's questioning the Grandmaster's judgment. Um, He keeps arguing with Sector about it. And um, another weird thing that's happening is, like, Cyrax and Sector, uh, every time they see Scorpion, who's like an undead revenant already at this tournament, just bully him and are like, hey, dude, how's your dead family? Fuck you. This I like. Yeah. So you're kind of seeing, like, for Cyrax, he's already, like, in a very cult-like place, but he's also already, like, putting out these cries for help to anyone who will listen, saying, like, I don't think I want to be in this cult. Can anyone get me out of this cult? Um, To the extent that Raiden takes him aside and is like, hey, man, listen, I think you're probably better than this. I don't think you need to be in this clan. Why don't you just, like, hang out with my guys and not murder Johnny Cage? But uh, Cyrax is, like, in too deep. He doesn't want to hear it. It's making him nervous. Uh, And so he does fight Johnny Cage in a match that Shang Tsung basically fixes for him. Cyrax beats Johnny Cage in, like, one-on-one combat. 
and has the disagree. chance to snap Johnny Cage's neck. Hard disagree, but go on. You disagree that it happened? I disagree that it should have happened, but go on. That's Johnny Cage, <laughs> I mean, man. It is, but Cyrax is like, he's a really good fighter. You know, we never got to see in the first timeline what Cyrax could do. Uh, because he was already, you know. Anyway, uh, he, he holds Johnny Cage up by the sure. neck. Uh, he looks over at Sector, and Sector's like, yeah, dude, do it. This rules. And then he looks over at Shang Tsung, and Shang Tsung's like, ha yeah, yeah, kill him. And then Cyrax looks at Raiden, who shakes his head just like, you're better than this, bro. And Cyrax decides not to do it. He says, I don't want to kill Johnny Cage. And he walks away, and Sector's like, what the fuck, man? And Cyrax is like, I thought the whole thing with the Lin Kuei was that we don't kill someone if they don't have to die. It didn't make sense to kill him. He was already defeated. Why were we even assassinating this guy in the first place? We were never given a good reason. We were just hired to like kill a bunch That's of random Earth people. That's what assassins do. That's it doesn't add up. What assassin? You can't. No, you can't say. I thought our job was not to kill. That's the dumbest thing. Listen, listen, if you're having I thought, if you're having problems with being an assassin, that's one thing. And I'm there with you, dude. Have your moral awakening. But if you look around and you go, I thought we didn't do this and we were better than that, you're just dumb. You're a dumb guy. He's like, I thought that every time we murdered someone, they gave us a really good reason that person deserved to die. Yeah, and I thought that in the moment, if we decided they we didn't want to kill them because they, like, I don't know, they saved a puppy from a tree or something. Uh, I mean, normally it would be a kitten from a tree, but I get, like, maybe the puppy, like, maybe the tree was falling. I don't know. Leave me alone. But what I'm saying is... Mm-hmm. It's never been the rule that they're they're righteous assassins who only kill when needed. They kill for money. I'm choosing to believe that Cyrax was just grasping at straws and a bad and making bad faith arguments because he was already like over it and just ready to go. Just say what you mean, though, dude. Just say what you mean. Just say like, look, man, I don't want to do this anymore. Right. The Lin Kuei t- taught him how to do everything but convey his emotions. That's honestly. fair. Anyway, Sector basically corners him to the point where he's like, you know what? Fine. Fuck it. I quit the Lin Kuei. And he walks away and he leaves Shang Tsung's Spider-Man island. Spider-Man no he more. he enjoys his freedom as a human man. Great. Un- until he gets kidnapped by cyborgs uh, after the cyber initiative already happened and gets turned into a cyborg. Anyway. Can't stop what's coming, Cyrax. You did your best. Was he kidnapped by like the same cyborgs that we know, or different cyborgs, or just? Ah, eh, just like some gray okay. ones. Just like, just like some normal vanilla cyborgs. They're not hero cyborgs. They're more like midground cyborgs. Yeah, they were. They are not like boss fight yeah, cyborgs. Yeah, yeah, gotcha. Yeah. So Sector and Cyrax as cyborgs, you know, classic storyline, get sent to go kidnap the defectors, Sub Zero and Smoke. Um. They literally pledge their allegiance to Shao Kahn in exchange for giving them Sub-Zero. Because at this point, like, they're just, like, on... I I guess their code is so fucking weird at this point that they're just like, we will arrest anybody, and the Grandmaster has given us the right to pledge allegiance to any dictator as long as they give us who we've been sent to kidnap. Okay. Doesn't seem great. Sure. I don't know. Whatever, man. Anyway... In this timeline, they don't capture Smoke. No. They capture Sub-Zero, and they turn him into a cyborg. Because it was time for a cool Sub-Zero cyborg in the game. 
yeah, someone wanted to see it. Who didn't? So they made it. Anyway, they turned Sub-Zero into a cyborg. And Sub-Zero, unfortunately, in this timeline, he's the guy that kind of takes Cyrax's redemption arc. He's the guy that gets saved by the good guys. While Cyrax just kind of languishes for years as a member of the Lin Kuei. Cyrax doesn't get lost in a desert. He doesn't get caught by Sonya and reprogrammed. He doesn't get caught by Sub-Zero and reprogrammed. He just stays a member of the Lin Kuei, a cyborg, for, I think, like, literally a decade while Sub-Zero gets freed mentally. And then eventually, through machinations, his spine and uh, brain gets put back into a human body. And Sub-Zero gets to, like, live out the redemption arc Cyrax should have had in this timeline. Popularity counts for a lot. You it know? does. It really, it means a lot. It means a lot. Uh, so Sub-Zero, now restored to his humanity, uh, years later is like, I gotta, now that the smoke is kind of cleared, Shao Kahn's been destroyed, I gotta go and like help the Lin Kuei. Like I let all my brothers down in, in the gang. So he breaks into one of their crazy like underground cyborg foundries and uh, he puts a virus into their network because as we've established, Sub-Zero is a really good sure. hacker. Why wouldn't he be? And and Cyrax and Sector, who are still kind of like, you know, upper echelon leaders in the gang, are like, what the fuck? Like, we're, we're seeing that there's a virus uploading into the system. What's this virus doing? It's like, we're all it's at 80%. Cyborg. It's at 90%. It's at 95%. Like, I don't understand. All the cyborgs are acting normal. Uh, they're all out there fighting Sub-Zero in the halls of the foundry. What is the virus doing? And then Cyrax all of a sudden realizes, wait, I'm having all these weird thoughts. <gasps> the virus is just for me. Sub-Zero specifically put in a virus that's only freeing my mind because he knew that I would make the right choice. And Cyrax turns around and says, fuck you, Sector. And he attacks Sector. And Sub-Zero bursts in. And Cyrax and Sector, or Cyrax and Sub-Zero fight together and defeat Sector. Uh, and then and they all kiss. of the other cyborgs. They, kiss? they make yeah. out. They tongue kiss. I actually, I do have a theory that uh, Sub Zero uh, and Smoke um, were were boyfriends. Good. Um, but uh, he and Cyrax don't. I kiss, feel like nobody uh, in Mortal Kombat is getting time. laid. And I think I would love for, I would love to see more people yeah. making out in Mortal Kombat. I mean, Johnny Cage is getting laid in that he spawns kids. That's true. He and there Sonya is do. Cage. But yeah. other than that, and Jax gets laid. He has a great. daughter. Okay. So the the Americans, the hot blood yeah, Americans. Yeah, hot Americans. Get listen, hot Americans yeah. fighting for freedom get to have children and sex. If you're a ninja or yeah. a robot or you're from another world, eat shit. Yeah. I don't like that. Pretty I don't like it. that. I don't, I don't like either. It. I don't like it. It makes me sad yeah. to hear it. It makes me sad anyway, to say. Anyway, I'd it. like to think that all of these cyborgs and ninjas were making out. Go on. So they're all they're all making out, hot. and then they pause briefly to turn to Cyrax and say, "You are the Grandmaster now that Sector's dead." Um, because he and Sub-Zero straight up ripped Sector's head off. And so Cyrax turns to Sub-Zero and says, the Lin Kuei need a fresh start. I can't lead the Lin Kuei as like mentally uh, enslaved cyborgs, and even freeing their minds is not enough. It's not real freedom. Sub-Zero, you're the Grandmaster now. Get out there and give the Lin Kuei a fresh start, and I'm going to self-destruct. And so he sends Sub-Zero... <laughs> Sure. <laughs> Once again, no notes. Yeah, yeah no man. No notes, dude. Yeah, man. So Sub-Zero's like, goodbye, my friend. Mwah. 
And so he runs up and he leaves the foundry and, sec- and uh, Cyrax self-destructs himself and he takes all of the other cyborgs with him. And that's, that's Cyrax's uh, story, you know, in this, in this rebooted timeline. Until. Oh, God. <laughs> There's no, no until. Until Kronika, the Titan of Time, a being older than the Elder Gods uh, themselves, comes down from her Titan space, wherever she lives, and she says, I hate this new timeline. As the person in charge of making time, I am absolutely fucking livid that Raiden just took it upon himself to to fuck with my nice timeline. Well, maybe as the god of the time, scales, you shouldn't have allowed him to send a message back. You shouldn't have, and I don't know why he had that ability to yeah. begin with. But anyway, he did, and she hates Great. it. And so she says, I'm going to make a new timeline. Unfortunately, to do that, I have to physically come down to Earth and go to this place with a really big hourglass and do magic that starts the hourglass over. And in order to do that, I'm going to need like an army to watch my back and to get me all the magic artifacts I need to do the time magic. And because she's a time lady, that means bringing people back from the past, including Cyrax. <laughs> and Don't worry, Cyra- he doesn't get up Cyrax's to Cyrax's dog. Cyrax's dog from uh, when he was a ch- Cy- Cyrex. Rolf. Cyrex, there we go. That's what I was looking for. <laughs> it was his dog when he was eight years old, and they're reunited. Yeah. Yeah. No, she doesn't give a shit about that. She's like, to- Cyborg Cyrax. <laughs> Cyborg Cyrax, uh, around the time that he was the saddest about being a robot, and Sector, and all the other robots. She brings them all back. Now, mind you, this is like another 15 years, maybe more, after Cyrax had self-destructed himself. Okay. So at this point in time, Sub-Zero is like an older guy. He's like, you know, late 40s. Um, He's already Mm. made the new Lin Kuei. Uh, Scorpion has been restored to life and is now like aging like a normal dude. He and Sub-Zero are like friends. Like a bunch of shit has happened and Cyrax wasn't even around for it. He's been dead for all of this. All of a sudden, the Cyber Lin Kuei's back and they're like operating as the army for Kronika as she tries to turn back time if she can find a way. Chair stuff. Mm-hmm. And so Sub-Zero and Scorpion go on a whole mission to destroy the Cyberlin Quay and stop it from happening all over again. And when they get there, knowing that Cyrax is kind of chill, Sub-Zero is like, all right, here's the operation. Here's what we're going to do. Scorpion, you fight Sector. I'm going to go reprogram Cyrax. I'm a hacker. You know this. Um, and so you reprograms know that if I'm known Cyrax. for one thing, it's hacking. And then probably second is being a good brother. And then third is ice powers. Like if you're and fourth, fourth is, ninja. is ninja, but if you were gonna guess, like what I'm known for most, it's probably number one hacking, number two good brother. Correct. So, uh, you know, he's horrified once again to find that he's a robot. Cyrax, he's like, why? Sub Zero's like, yeah, 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 we've done this like a bunch of times. Like, forget it. Just can you, can you help us out? Cyrax is like, yeah, sure. Tell you what, you guys go upstairs and I'm going to, a creative idea I just came up with for the first time, I'm going to self-destruct myself and destroy all of these cyborgs so that you guys can can escape and, and stop Kronika from resetting Love time. It. Literally Whatever, all man. he's good for Cy- is just Cyrax. dying alone. That's all this dude is he's good for. He's dying heroically alone. And sometimes yeah. it's not even heroically, sometimes it's just stupidly. 
It's like a waste of space. I mean, Cyrax, you know, he has, it's nothing but good intentions, but man, whoo. So anyway, Cyrax self-destructs again. Um, you know, the good guys, they fight Kronika, but uh, ultimately in the end, Kronika does erase this timeline um, right before Liu Kang, of course, Liu Kang kills her and then Liu Kang becomes the Titan of Time. So where we're at right now is that Liu Kang is tasked with being the steward of creating a new timeline. As far as Cyrax goes, we're at, we're talking the dawn of time, right? So, like, is Liu Kang going to make Cyrax exist? Maybe. He's a good guy. They fought along please, each other, aside each other a couple of times. Please don't make him exist. Please let this be over. <laughs> please let him not exist. Is he going to make him a robot? Maybe? Don't I don't know. Don't make him exist and don't make him a robot. Make it... It's let artists. this all be over. What we all want. I mean, look, even just me here, I'm getting kind of hungry. I'm tired of talking about Cyrax. Yeah, Cyrax, listen, man, I didn't know much about Cyrax coming in. And can I be real with you? Yes. Cyrax kind of sucks. He does. He kind of sucks, man. He's just a mopey, mopey guy. He's just like an emo boy who gets turned into a robot and blows himself up a hundred times. Like, get over yourself, man. Yeah. It's like you're not really helping anyone. You're not helping anyone, dude. I mean, heroically, you did. Save you saved lives, but like also, who fucking cares? Like who cares, life? dude? Who gives go, a shit? Go sit alone in your room and listen to a fucking puddle of mud or some shit. I don't want to hear it. Yeah, I will. I will say last thought on Cyrax. In one of the games, he had a ladder ending where uh, Raiden saved him from the Lin Kuei and brought him to Liu Kang's Shaolin Temple, and Cyrax instead got to live a life where he became a Shaolin monk. And got what he wanted, which was to be like a noble fighter. That's cool. Um, and maybe that's the life that he'll have in the new timeline. He won't be a cyborg. Or maybe instead, somehow he'll fuck up and all of the Shaolin monks will become cyborg monks. So we are waiting now for this. Where we are in the current Mortal Kombat canon is we are waiting for this new this new timeline. Yeah, it could be anything. Like Mortal Kombat 12 could literally take place at any time and be about anyone. The only thing that we know is that Liu Kang and Katana are creating the new timeline. So it'll be a new timeline made from the perspective of the, like, good guy. Okay. Good guys. Into yeah. it. I like that. Yeah. Yeah. Ben, I, Any last ben, thoughts I, uh, Yeah, I mean, I'd say thank you. I mean, I would. Uh-huh. But I, I wouldn't mean sure. it. I, I think... Yeah. Look, Mortal Kombat is certainly uh, uh, deeper and more intricate than I thought it was. Uh, yeah. It doesn't make yeah. any more sense than I thought it did. No. Well, you know, here's, the, here's the, the most troubling thing. It does make sense. I mean, what I told you was a coherent story. Yes. It's just you have to accept that things exist in this world that just exist in this world i mean here's the thing like when i say like hey buddy isn't that just vampires and stuff it is because here's the thing is like they they get they get they get a hall pass to do whatever because you're in a world where there's an infinite number of dimensions in which infinite numbers of creatures could exist there's a vampire dimension there's a dinosaur dimension there's a ninja cyborg dimension like they're all there so it's like i mean look you could do this same thing with with the street fighter games, you can do the same thing with like the King of fighters and the SNK games. And like, maybe it wouldn't have the same aesthetic, but it it would have the same problem, which is like story has to be second because there have to be a hundred permutations of this thing 
where every character wins and gets what they want. Like, right? Like, if you right. if you if you win a fighting game, your character gets an ending where they get what they want to an extent. Well, Mortal Kombat's always been good about like you get the what if scenario for all those latter mm-hmm. endings, but like there's one real continuity. And in that continuity, there are a lot of losers yeah. who just get fucked over and over right. again. And Cyrax I mean, is that's one of them. yeah, and I yeah. mean that's what I'm saying is like there is a canonical like look on the canonical Street Fighter timeline, Ryu and Ken are always going to be the heroes, right? And it doesn't matter mm-hmm. how many times you win with Dan, with fucking weird ass Dan Abiki, <laughs> Dan's not the hero. Like he doesn't get to be right because maybe because it's not you. about him. Um, Right. So I think it's like weird. It, it, it obviously has to be this weird and convoluted. Um, but, you know, our burgeoning, like our newfound burgeoning friendship, we've hung out a couple times. We've talked a couple times. That's probably mm-hmm. over now. That's ended. Um, yeah, I think this is probably it. I think we put a nice cap on it, you know? Yeah, I think, you know, <laughs> you, you made your ask and you got, you got it. And uh, where do we yeah, go from here? Yeah. Probably nowhere. <laughs> no. Well, you know, we might wind up playing Terra Mystica one day. Uh, that's that's the thing know. is is all this is going to be over, and eventually yeah. I will forgive you because you're the only person that will play one of these six hour board games with me. Yeah, yeah. I did look up uh, a game. I I looked at this this game called Twilight Imperium on yeah. Amazon today because I'd heard that it's really long, and I saw that it takes four to eight hours to mm-hmm. play. I would be so tired. An hour. But in. would it be? <laughs> Would it be the tired of like, of like gardening and working on your home where it's like, oh, job well done. I feel accomplished. No, I wouldn't feel good <laughs> about the time I'd spent at all. I'd be like, well, I could have spent that time with my wife or watching a movie yeah. or sleeping. Sure. Eating yogurt, yeah. anything else. I'm not saying that's how I feel right now. But what I will what I will uh-huh. say instead is thanks for having me, Ben. <laughs> hey, man, it was a pleasure. Uh, but the episode's not over yet. There's one last segment. It's called Choose Your Destiny, and it is a segment in which I ask you, Anthony Carboni, who would you be in the world of Mortal Kombat if you existed among these many realms, these many races, uh, these many factions? Who would you be? What would your fatality be? Oh man, who's Anthony Carboni in Mortal Kombat? I really love to like. Maybe I can tell you my fatality and you can work backwards and tell me who I'm closest to. Okay. Yeah, I think so. I would love to just pull someone's arms off and then like bicycle swing their arms at them until they died. Uh-huh. What does that Great. who does that make me? Yeah, you'd probably be a Shokan, so you'd probably be like Goro, uh, who I'm sure yep, you're familiar four arms. with. And I know you saw him in a movie like three days ago. Uh yeah, four arms, half dragon, from a formerly noble uh society in a realm where um they kind of had like a conan the barbarian mm-hmm. thing going on with lots of goro-esque people goro's a prince so he probably would have been one of the shokan uh they were one of the races that were subjugated by shao Kahn and forced to live in outworld where they live in a subterranean that kingdom right. that's like a sub kingdom below shao that Kahn. sounds right so I guess somebody a, who was I guess like a, somebody who was like destined for something good and co- and cool and then is just like shoved in a hole, uh, but also, yeah. but yeah, also yeah, yeah. will like beat you to death with your own arms. That sounds like me. I like that. Okay, and then I guess the other question is like, within the Shokan, there's two different factions. There's the the Draco, 
which are like the dragon smooth skinned ones mm-hmm. like Goro. And then there's the Tigrar who have tiger fur and tiger faces and they're kind of like second class citizens. Who's hotter? Um, who's hotter? I mean, I guess it really depends on if you're a furry or if you're a, what are, what are the, what are they called? Slickies? The ones that like smooth skin? I don't know. I'm just making up a word. Is that like a slur? Uh, I think it Maybe is a it slur is. in that community. Yeah. Okay. Um, sure. Uh, I don't know. What would you rather have fur or smooth skin? The, the, the trade-off is that if you have fur, uh, you're, you're a second class citizen. I mean, I think once you're relegated to a subterranean kingdom and you're in the subjugation of somebody does it really matter if you're like yeah. first or second class citizen i would go for being like a cool looking tiger probably not yeah okay so you're tigrar uh are you like an entertainer in this world or do you think like you would i guess it's probably it's not implied that they're necessarily a, a tribe they, they really rely on strength and and domination as uh you know every their entire system runs on on that so like would you be someone who fits in to that world do you think you would do no. well I think no matter um, where I am in no. Mortal Kombat, I do poorly. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I think I'm a. Great. I think I'm so, a dead tiger so boy. You're a dead tiger boy uh, who one time ripped someone's arms off and slapped them to death with the heavy yeah, arms. Yeah, everybody gets one. You know what I mean? Everybody gets one moment. Yeah. <laughs> cool, Anthony Carboro. Great. <laughs> uh, we figured it out. Well, Anthony, thank you so much uh, for coming on the show for spending almost. Almost two hours uh, talking about one of the the least compelling characters. I in will Mortal never Kombat. regret this on my deathbed. Wonderful! <laughs> it's good to hear it, and you sounded sincere when you said it. Um, <laughs> uh, if people want, you know, more Anthony in their lives, where where can they where can they uh, find Twitch. you? Twitch.tv/slash/Anthony Carboni. I'm doing regular gaming streams, and then every Tuesday night at 7 p.m. Pacific, we do a movie watch along, and the movie is chosen by the audience. Ben was just on a Mortal Kombat watch along, and you can still watch that uh, on my Twitch channel. I also have a podcast called We Have Concerns. You can just uh, look that up wherever you get podcasts. And then whenever reality returns to normal, you can find me on the official Star Wars channel and StarWars.com as one of the hosts of the Star Wars show. Hell yeah. What movie are you watching next? Because this podcast will go up the day before. Come tomorrow and watch The Craft with us. Hell yeah. Teen Witches. What a great movie. Let's do this. Teen Witches. Great. Uh, Thanks for coming on the show. Guys, thanks for listening. And as always, finish them.